0: start with something quite controversial. And I'm going to want to take your calls on this because I want to know how you feel about mushroom dispensaries. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about cannabis dispensaries. Everybody up in arm about the pot shops that were popping up all over town, illegal dispensaries, and then ultimately legalized and and had to have clouded windows. No clouded windows anymore. Uh, It was not Armageddon when cannabis uh, was legalized fully. So our first guest today is an activist who's consistently been at the forefront of of championing and being vocal about the need for drug policy reform in Canada. He's an author. He's a businessman. Dana Larson has huge ideas and has a mind to remove the stigma from those who wish to use drugs, choose to. It's proven to be an uphill battle for Dana. Sometimes he has had to pull out a bullhorn here and there. Uh, There was a time, though, as I mentioned, that some thought that that legal pot was a recipe for disaster. And it's proven not to be that. I think that's fair to say. Now society is, is very much grappling with psilocybin, magic mushrooms, and the dispensaries, the unregulated shops, the unlicensed shops that have been popping up all over bc so let's find out the whys and the hows of this really odd process of these storefronts selling illegal substances first and then finding a way to being licensed and then regulated and maybe even legalized uh, let's welcome dana larson to the show hello there hey good morning thanks for having me i'm glad to chat with you once again Always was good to have a conversation with you dana let's talk about this thread that you posted on twitter Um, That really prompted uh, us to reach out. I thought, this is fascinating, the way you laid out. It's very pragmatic. It's not as, um, come on now, as that sometimes can be the case when the conversation uh, was bubbling up, certainly around cannabis. Um, There are certainly people who disagree that drugs of any kind should be sold in storefronts. Um, And then there are, are others who believe that it's time for us to grow up. Can you walk us through your thread? Well,
1: sure. You know, we have three uh, mushroom dispensaries in Vancouver, and the lo- oldest one's been open for over three years. And on November 1st, we got raided by the Vancouver police at all three of our locations and also at our uh, cannabis dispensary location as well. And um, it was very surprising because we've had police come into our location regularly over the since we opened over three years ago. Uh, we have video cameras outside that capture footage on the street. And sometimes they come in and ask us the- if they can share our video footage. Never once. Have they ever commented, hey, you guys are selling illegal mushrooms here. We're going to come in and arrest you for that. And uh, so it's very surprising after three years to have this massive raid, probably cost a VPD over $150,000 to hit all our storefronts. And of course, we reopen again the next day. And of course, there's over a dozen other uh, mushroom dispensaries in the city operating that are not getting raided. And so it's kind of odd to see us being the one that gets targeted, especially since we also operate a program called get your drugs tested which is where all the money from our cannabis and mushroom shops go and we're the biggest and free uh, free uh, street drug analysis center in the world and we're actually opening our second location just a few days uh, at uh, uh, 245 West Broadway and we've got a hearing coming up we've got business licenses for our locations we got business licenses before we opened as a retail outlet. And now the city is trying to take away our business licenses. There's actually going to be a hearing uh, on Wednesday at City Hall in the morning about our license, specifically at our location at 247 West Broadway. And when I look at this, and I look back at how we dealt with cannabis dispensaries in the city over the years, uh, the city kind of ignored cannabis dispensaries when they first opened until there was over 100 in the city. And then our previous city councillor was like, well, we got to do something about this. So they started putting in regulations and writing bylaws and licensing these shops long before legalization happened as a means of getting control over the cannabis dispensary movement in the city. And I'm seeing déjà vu here again. It's a very similar situation, and the city can go to war with us and launch, raids and things like that but we know that doesn't really work and that we're going to reopen again anyways not just me but all the other shops in the city and so hope that our city councilor will will move away from raids and move towards licensing and regulation which worked for cannabis and which should be the same strategy we're using now for mushroom shops
0: so, Dana, I want to. There's a lot to unpack there, and thank you for uh, laying out your thread. That is, but that is very concise to what you had put out there. Which um, a number of things I'd like to talk through with you. First and foremost, for people who are anti-drug, uh, do not believe <clears throat> that there is space for this. I think it's worthy pointing out what you said in there that you are actually putting the funds from your uh, mushroom and and cannabis dispensaries here to to towards the free testing of street drugs, trying to do um, something about the tainted drug supply that is killing thousands of Canadians yearly. What is it? Two thousand Canadians uh, more than uh, in twenty twenty three alone uh, uh, from the tainted drug supply here. It's it's there's something to be said for you trying to make uh, trying to save lives within this, and then we can talk also about how the fear around cannabis legalization was very real and how we've seen people use uh, cannabis, THC or CBD, uh, in place of some drugs that could be highly addictive or, or for pain relief in a, in a quote-unquote more natural natural way or however uh, people want to hear it. And, and psilocybin falls into that category. It is being used in clinical ways under very careful circumstance. So as we talk through all of these things, I also want to point to our listener who right now is yelling at their radio saying but they're it's going to be sold to children it's going how, how do you how do you explain or put minds at ease that what we did see happen over a very long period of time with cannabis um now coming to the psilocybin discussion can you throw down some truths about psilocybin
1: well, we don't sell the minors. First of all, we don't let anybody into our shop unless they're over nineteen. And also, anybody who wants to purchase psychedelics from us has to sign a form that they're going to be a responsible user. They're not going to drive or swim or climb or let children access it or anything like that. So we do everything we can to make sure that people who purchase from us are going to use these products in a responsible and safe manner. And uh, you know, there's a lot of medicinal and psychological benefits to using uh, mushrooms and other psychedelics as well. And part of that is helping people deal with other types of drug addictions and problematic drug use. And people use these things, just like cannabis, for all kinds of reasons. Some are using these substances to deal with uh, psychological issues and medicinal reasons. Others are just looking for a pleasant weekend camping and taking some mushrooms or something like that. And all of those things, of course, I believe should be allowed and should be uh, uh, accepted. And certainly, by any measure, uh, psychedelics and mushrooms are far less harmful than alcohol or other things that are commonly sold. And You know, the reality is that these kind of dispensaries have been opening in the city for the last three years. Uh, There's been no action from the police or anybody to try to come and stop them or prioritize them. And the police would normally say it's not really a big issue and we're going to let the city hall bureaucracy deal with these things. And so it's strange to see the sudden turnaround and a, uh, a huge raid like this happen. Uh, but if you want to get control over these kind of things, the solution is not raids and, and prohibition. It's licensing and regulation and, and putting rules in place. Uh, that's how you get control of those concerns about things being sold in certain places or access to minors. The city can put in their bylaws. You've got You want to get a license? Don't sell the miners and make sure you're located in a certain area and you can have to frost your windows or not frost your windows or whatever kind of rules they want to put in place. But uh, it really reminds me of cannabis because in the early days, in the late 1990s, there was a lot of uh, court decisions around medicinal cannabis use. Society was coming to understand that medicinal marijuana was very beneficial for a lot of people. And that people, that many people needed illegal access to, to a- access this product, and it's very much the same now with, with psilocybin and psychedelics. We're seeing a lot of research and court decisions and arguments around this that are moving the dial and understanding that there's a lot of benefits to having these substances available, and many Canadians really benefit from, from access.
0: We're chatting with Dana Larson. He is an activist. He's an author. He's a businessman. He is the founder of Medicinal Mushroom Dispensary. And we're talking today about a special meeting at Vancouver City Hall on Wednesday morning about these medicinal mushroom dispensaries that have popped up across the city, some being raided. Uh, Dana, it seems like just yours are being raided right now, right?
1: Yeah, it's very surprising that they chose them to target our places. I, I don't really understand the logic behind that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I would, I, would, I would be interesting to know why, as you said, because one of your shops has been open for three years and police have come and gone. It's not like it's a surprise. Um, wanting to open up the phones on the idea of these dispensaries, do they bother you? Is it long overdue? What side of the fence do you land on? Or are you somewhere in the middle like me? i I, I look at them very much like I look at most places I can frequent them if I choose to or pass them by if I don't seems kind of Canadian to do that 604-280-9898 is the number star 9898 is a free call on your cell because in that either I go to it or I walk by it either way it's not a black market it's not gangs tainting drugs and selling them you know nearby schools there's that's worse in my opinion 604-280-9898 star if you'd like to chime in here we start with tony in abbotsford welcome tony
1: hi there um i want to have a comment and then a question if i may um first of all my comment is i don't uh really think you can compare pot and acid and say uh you know i'm half having a a happy reminiscence of the weed days and this is just something else it's not just something else second my question is um maybe you have reminiscence because of the uh the money flow but is it a profitable business what you're doing with the mushrooms well well yeah we're run by a nonprofit society but definitely we 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 sell things for more than we, we pay for them and we use our profits to fund the Get Your Drugs Tested program uh, in Vancouver, which is uh, doing about two thirds of all drug analysis in the, in the city. And I think it's a very valuable public service that I'm quite proud we're able to offer.
0: Making any money personally from this?
1: I get a salary. Yeah. Oh, and you, you, so that is a so you are gaining financially from what you're doing. So this is like advertising. It's a business this and covered- we, have, well, we have we employ 30 people and they all they all get a wage as working at our at our business and I'm one of those people that gets a wage but we really direct our money towards uh, helping our community through the get your drugs Test- tested program that's the where the majority of our money goes. It is like being uh, you know exposed again for your salary I guess. I'm not sure what you're asking me, but if you want me to work for free, I don't do that. But uh, this is no. a business, and it's a nonprofit society, and we are like any others. And as far as yeah. I know, the other mushroom dispensaries in the city are, are making a profit as well. That's how a business works. Uh, so I'm not sure what your what your you, question you shouldn't, is.
0: You shouldn't have to defend that, Dana. You shouldn't have to defend. You're looking. You're looking for business licenses to run a business, and I think that people get really upset about this. The the drawing a straight line to from acid to mushrooms, and and you know pot's okay because we remember pot, but mushrooms, he, Tony called them called it acid. Um, you know, I I hearken back. I'm not a mushroom taker. I'm not a drug user per se. I've I've smoked pot in my life. I've you know, but. When I look back, I remember as a kid watching uh, older teenagers out in fields with, you know, flared jeans soaked up to the middle of their calf because they were searching through the grass for magic mushrooms. So, I mean, there are memories of that, you know, here in the Lower Mainland just being a thing. Let's go to Julia and Cloverdale. Julia, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks. So, my concern is more so about, you know, young adults who are buying for siblings or cousins or friends who are underage. Um, I have a niece who, you know, she's 19 years old and, you know, goes to the dispensary for herself, but then she buys for her 16-year-old sister as well. So I think that these young kids do have a way to access it. You know, I don't care, you know, what adults do, you know, with their leisure time is, you know, their thing, but I think that, you know, kids are going to get access to, you know, these drugs, which, in my opinion, is um, a worse thing for them to get have than getting stoned on marijuana.
0: I would take your point, Julie. As the mother of a newly minted sixteen-year-old, I feel your fear. I also feel like my son could access uh, illegal black market drugs even easier than trying to get past a dispensary that would say, you know, you got to be nineteen to get in here. Your thoughts on that, Dana?
1: Well, we make everybody who comes in sign a forms and they're actually not going to do that exact thing. And certainly we can't always control what someone does with their products when they leave the shop. But uh, we don't like people supplying to minors. We try to eliminate that. Uh, And on the other hand, you know, mushrooms are very safe, like cannabis. They have psychological effects, but you're not going to overdose or die from taking too many mushrooms or anything like that. Uh, but of course, we encourage responsible use and not not providing them to minors. And that's not what, what we're about. And we do everything we can to try to stop that.
0: Dana, thanks for this. I didn't know that about uh, mushrooms. I didn't know that you could not overdose on them. Um, that, that's I
1: A lot of our clients are microdosing as well, where they're taking yeah. very, very small doses on every day for non-psychological purposes. I kind of it's a metaphor, kind of like microdosing is sort of like the CBD of mushrooms, where you're not yeah. really looking for a cycle, like a profound effect but you still get uh, great uh, benefits as well.
0: I have a couple of friends who have done that uh, and, and documented that. People that you would not look at and think, mm, you're probably using mushrooms. They're using it to in place of a, uh, an antidepressant of some sort. Microdosing is, is a phenomenon. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be hearing more from you. I, I'd love to check back. I will follow along on your Twitter, Dana, to see what happens this week in City Hall. Thanks for taking some time out for us.
1: And people want to find out more, they can visit us at mushroomdispensary.com and getyourdrugstested.com.